Campfire Ghost Stories, Episode 5 Stories from My Life. So, I thought for this episode I'd do something a bit different, and rather than actually telling a ghost story from around the campfire, I'd talk about my own personal experiences with anything that could be slightly paranormal or supernatural in nature. It won't take very long because it hasn't happened to be very much, I have to say, but it's always been something that's really fascinated me, the idea of ghosts and the supernatural and the paranormal and stuff that you just can't quite explain. So anyway, this first story dates back to when I was about, I suppose, eight years old. And I used to stay sometimes with my family in a house that had been a stately home. So it was a very large, grand house in the southwest of England, near to quite a large river. Its grounds actually went down to the banks of the river. And this place was, well, it was kind of spooky, I guess, as a child to be there. And I used to stay with my family in a bedroom that was up on the third floor of the building. So in what would have been the servants' quarters back when the house was a stately home. And my parents used to rig this kind of baby monitor thing. So they'd throw a wire out the window and there'd be a receiver in in the bedroom and the other end of the wire would connect to a room downstairs where they were in the evenings. And it meant that they could listen to me and my little sister while we were up there. My sister must have been about maybe 18 months old at this point. So she was sleeping in a cot still. And I remember waking on several nights, having had this dream. And in the dream, there was a a girl who was probably a couple of years older than me. So she was maybe about 10 or 11 and she was wearing old-fashioned looking clothes and she was walking down the corridor or along the landing if you like towards the bedroom there were lots of rooms uh, on the third floor and ours was i suppose about halfway down this long corridor and this girl was walking towards the bedroom that i was in and She had a fairly scary sort of expression on her face, very serious. Um, Yeah, and there was no cheer to it at all. But the, the thing that was obviously the most concerning, particularly being a small child, was the fact that she had a pair of scissors, large kitchen scissors, that she was holding in her hands up against her chest as she walked along, point upwards. And I kind of got the feeling there was some sort of malicious intent to this and that it was going to be not a good situation, shall we say. And that's what woke me up, I guess. And then I needed for somebody to come up fairly quickly because I was only about eight at the time. And so I woke my little sister up rather than calling out myself. I gave her a bit of a nudge so that she woke up and started crying and soon enough i think mum came up and you know settled us again 
and that was that. But that happened a few times when we stayed at this place that I'd get that same dream and have that same feeling. It was, you know, really, really scary, to be honest, to have that sort of uh, that sort of feeling of something coming towards you with that real sense of, of foreboding and the fact that it meant you harm. And this was, I suppose, weird enough by itself. But then I remember maybe a couple of years later hearing about that place and what it had been used for in the past because whilst it had been a stately home and and then when we were staying there it was used for a completely different purpose and after that a few years later the whole place burnt down um, so that all the floors and the ceilings the roof all went and it had to be rebuilt I believe it's now kind of luxury flats Uh, but it used after it stopped being a stately home initially to be a kind of a school for girls who had various kinds of mental illness apparently and of course back in those days this must have been I guess the 1940s 1950s um, treatments were not particularly sophisticated and the reason that the school actually got closed down it turned out as I heard when I was about 10 years old, was that one of the girls had actually stabbed another of the girls to death in the school. And the scandal that blew up around that was enough to get the place closed down. Now, I don't know how the stabbing happened or why, but I wonder, did it happen on the landing of the third floor? And did it involve a rather large pair of scissors? I'm not quite sure, but that one's certainly given me the chills, particularly that time when I was about 10 years old and heard about this story for the first time because suddenly the pieces dropped into place. And I wondered, was that really a dream or was it something else? So this second story is about when I was living in univer- at university. Um, I was living in Hall, and back 30 years or so ago, um, university halls varied a lot, I think. Uh, mine was on the basic end, maybe. Um, I had a single bedroom with a fitted wardrobe, and a desk and a chair and some bookshelves and that was it in a room that was I suppose about 10 by 6 something like that and uh, it was okay but it was certainly nothing special it was on the ground floor and my windows opened onto a courtyard which again sounds much nicer than it was Um, the general ambiance of the place was kind of multi-story car park Um, So there was lots of breeze block and concrete and lots and lots of square edges and nothing very interesting to look at or enjoy out through those windows. But anyway, that's where I lived for a while during my time when I was at university. And there was one night, probably I guess about halfway through my first term, when I experienced 
my only ever case of sleep paralysis, I'm pleased to say. Um, I remember waking up, but not really fully coming to. And this was about four o'clock in the morning. The room was absolutely dark. And at first it seemed to be completely quiet, but then I realized that along with the sound of my own breathing, I could hear someone else breathing softly in the room. And that clearly was somewhat unnerving because so far as I knew, there was no one else in the room. And I was lying on my front and I realized that this thing, whatever it was that was breathing, was a presence that must have been standing right at the end of my bed. And I could hear the breathing and I knew with certainty that there was something there. And there was nothing I could do because I couldn't move. I was lying there trying to keep my own breathing as quiet as possible because I was questioning could this other breathing really be there and it seemed to be. It was absolutely terrifying and not being able to move made it even worse because I was just there trapped thinking there's something behind me. It's looming over the top of me. There's absolutely nothing I can do about it. This went on for a surprisingly long time. I mean, it was probably only about a couple of minutes, but it felt like an hour. And the feeling of terror was really, really strong. And it was only broken in the end when I managed somehow to force my body to move. And I just completely spun round in the bed so that I was sitting up and able to face whatever was there. And of course, there was nothing, nothing at all. The room was empty, dark and quiet. I reached for the light, turned the light on. There was definitely no one there. And this sleep paralysis phenomenon is actually a really common one, I think, and lots of people have had it at some point during their lives. It's often known as the old hag, and it's thought in lots and lots of different cultures that there's this sort of entity, this spirit that will come and sort of loom over people while they sleep. It really is a terrifying thing and I'm really glad that it's only ever happened to me once. Um, but it was one of the scariest experiences of my life and I guess it wasn't a ghost. It was purely a phenomenon that, that naturally occurs but it felt very ghostly at the time. So there we go. That was a little experience that I had when I was about 18, 19 years old. And then finally for today, there's one that dates back a little bit closer in time to perhaps, whew, uh, it would have been about 13 years ago, perhaps, I suppose. And our eldest son was uh, a few years old and we'd moved fairly recently to a new house. 
and he'd mentioned several times a lady that he used to see in his bedroom which was kind of freaky because as far as we knew there was just my wife and me living in the house and no one else was there and no one else should be there um, and he referred to her as Abbas that was the name he gave to her which seemed really odd as a name anyway and eventually Abbas stopped visiting him and he stopped being able to see her but a couple of years after that my wife was looking into um, the local censuses for our area and was looking at our street in particular and she found that in the 1860s there was a woman who used to live in what we thought must have been our house and her name was Mary Happus. Now with a West Country accent it might might have sounded more like Appus and because of the fact that my son at that point had very bad glue ear he wasn't hearing things properly anyway and it could well be that Appus could sound to him just like Abbas. So was this woman, this Mary Appus, perhaps visiting our son, watching over him when he was small and in his bedroom? We don't know. There's no way of knowing for sure. But thankfully, he hasn't seen her for a very, very long time. Okay, so that's just a few stories from my own life. I have got a few more, possibly, from my own experience, and there's still plenty more Campfire Ghost stories to come, but I thought I'd just give you that little snippet today of something a bit different. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again soon.